0: In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something special. Rainmaker FM. And welcome back once again to The Writer Files. I am your host, Kelton Reed, here to take you on another tour of the habits, habitats, and brains of renowned writers. In part two of this file, the hyper-prolific, number one New York Times bestselling author Greg Isles returned to chat with me about the conclusion to his epic trilogy, his unique writing process, and making the move to TV. At 16 novels and counting, all but one of which have hit bestsellers lists, Greg has been called the William Faulkner for the Breaking Bad generation, and his books have been adapted for film, translated into over 20 languages, and published in more than 35 countries. His epic Natchez Burning trilogy clocks in at close to 750,000 words, and it started out as a single novel that he expanded, after a near-death experience, a car crash that left him in a coma, and which ultimately changed his mind about how he wanted to write it. His final installment in the series, Mississippi Blood, concludes the story of Southern lawyer Penn Cage, also the protagonist of six of his books including New York Times' number one bestseller, The Devil's Punchbowl, Iles' epic tale of love, honor, hatred, and revenge, explores how the sins of the past continue to haunt the present, and Stephen King described the series as extraordinarily entertaining and fiendishly suspenseful. In part two of this file, Greg and I discuss the author's take on writer's block, a tour of Greg's space shuttle desk setup, the mad science of how the author intertwined multiple narratives and historical flashbacks over three epic novels, why truly creative people never get bored, and some great writing advice from a truly prolific author. The Writer Files is brought to you by the all-new Studio Press Sites, a turnkey solution that combines the ease of an all-in-one website builder with the flexible power of WordPress. It's perfect for authors, bloggers, podcasters, and affiliate marketers, as well as those selling physical products, digital downloads, and membership programs. If you're ready to take your WordPress site to the next level, see for yourself why over 200,000 website owners trust StudioPress. Go to rainmaker.fm slash studiopress now. That's rainmaker.fm slash studiopress. And if you're a fan of the writer files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published. So do you have anything to say to writer's block or, or, or the you know, is it a thing? Do you believe in it? Have you ever experienced it?
1: <laughs> I wrote a line last night in the, the first chapter of my next book. I went back and revisited. And uh, this writer in residence is having trouble with his book. But anyway, the the wife of the dean kind of catty in the catty ways. He says he's uh, she asked when the book's coming out and he kind of prevaricates. And she says, not having about with out with writer writer's block, are you? And he says, that's a. Uh, you know, that's not a real, a real element. She goes, Oh, you mean like blue balls or, you know, <laughs> <phyromyalgia>. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the writer's block, my real story is this. When I was in college, um, I studied with Willie Morris, who, and that was a great thing. A lot of writers were in that program right around that period. Donna Tarp, John Grisham, just several people who went on to be writers. And, uh, he brought William Styre and James Dickey light these writers down. But one of the writers he brought was John Knowles, who wrote a separate piece. And Willie had talked a lot with all respect to Willie and he's passed away now. He talked a lot about writer's block in that class to the point where it got kind of scary. So I remember a student asked John Knowles during the Q and a about writer's block. And he just got this bewildered look and said, what, what is that? That's, that's just, that's just a fictional thing that doesn't exist. I, He said, I'll never live long enough to get down everything I want to get down on the page. And that's exactly how I feel. I mean, if I open my Dropbox thing of book ideas on my cell phone, there's already more stuff there than I'll ever live to do. So, you know, writer's block in the sense of, oh, I'm paralyzed and I can't go on. I guess you could get yourself into that state, but mostly it's going to be a self-manufactured syndrome where you're you're set, you know, you're, you've set in mind your goal is to, you know, okay, I'm going to be the next Jonathan Franzen or the next whatever. And so you're judging every single word you put down on paper and you just, there's just no point in doing that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Good, good point there. Um, well, it sounds like you've got a pretty exotic setup there in the office. Are you a, a PC guy or do you use a, a Mac?
1: Uh, I got. I've got a setup. Man, my setup looks like you could fly the space shuttle from. Okay, (laughs) three monitors: one's TV monitor, one's a Mac monitor, one's an iMac 5K, and the other is a Windows to the right. uh, Because, and the reason is because Bill Gates or you know Paul Allen or whoever are so. I don't even want to use the word I want to use, but they don't allow word for mac to have the full feature set so there are certain things like the floating command window wherever your cursor is that exist in the microsoft version but not the mac version now when you when you're drafting a novel that's fine but when you get into the copy edit state especially on something like mine 800 pages with you know three thousand queries from the copy editors and researchers you've got to go through that marked up document with balloons The Mac doesn't handle that worth of crap. Hmm. So once I get to that point, different times I switch to the Windows machine. I know that was a long answer, but as a matter of practicality, I like Macs much better. But in terms of business, I always have to keep Windows machines ready to go for that reason. And there are some other software programs that are like that, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's pretty fascinating. Um, I've never heard that before. Um, But of course, with three quarters of a million words to uh, sift through, I'm sure that uh, that comes in handy. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad free episodes and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. So, uh, then do you have, I mean, with, with the, with the trilogy, like the the Natchez Burning trilogy, um, how on earth are you staying organized? Like with all of that information and and you know these historical pieces and and um, so many characters, uh, do you have any organizational hacks that you can share with other writers that kind of keep you, uh, you know, keep keep it all help you keep it all together?
1: Imagine the most baroque looking steampunk perpetual motion machine from some artist's imagination and that's the state your mind has to get into to pull this off and i'll be 100 percent honest with you it was being in that state that caused me to have my wreck and lose my leg and nearly die because you can't i don't know how other people do it i guess you could tack 500 note cards to the wall but for me to manage something like this with multiple narrative voices and historical flashbacks and all that kind of stuff, you have to bring it all to life in your head in perfect relationship with each other. And that is such an immersive experience that it, everything else has to be blocked out. You can't worry about bills and your kids and all these little things. You have to have somebody in your life or multiple people who protect you from all that And you have this slowly turning, perfectly integrated machine spinning in your head while you're putting it out. That's not to say you'll get it perfectly. And I was in that state when I had my accident and and nearly died. Uh, And and then once you get to the copy edit phase, what you really need is a brilliant copy editor with obsessive compulsive disorder, which all copy editors have that to a degree, but some are truly gifted and you got to have one of those.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. You're kind of a a mad scientist. It would seem, of the words, uh, 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 sphere. So, um, how does Greg Isles unplug at the end of a day and turn, turn off, turn it off? How do you, how do you get to a a place where you can kind (laughs) of rest?
1: I hadn't had a vacation in eight years and you never turn it off. You can't escape it. That's the, that's the reality. And I'm, I'm not, whining or griping, I wouldn't want any other job, but you just, uh, if you get in the kind of state that I just told you about that, that doesn't, that doesn't ever go off, you know, and now that I'm at the end, you know, people say, what do you do to chill? Well, a vacation for me is just a different kind of work. I'll work on a TV series or I'll work on my next thing or whatever, but I don't, I really don't know how to stop and chill. You know, I mean, let's just say this along the way, certain human experiences that we all know about are so intense that they can take you away from from reality you know and i'm not talking about drugs or whatever but sex or whatever something has to rise to a level of intensity that it can blank out everything else Hmm. and i think that's that's the reason and coming from the music business i think that's the reason so many artists wind up with addiction problems because they they are seeking escape, and they're involved in a career that that doesn't have any structure to it. Specifically, it's not related to days or hours or time or anything like that. And the commitments or the demands generally overwhelm you, so you just seek escape wherever you can. You know,
0: yeah, yeah. Well put. Well, um, you know, kind of your your steampunk uh, <laughs> analogy. It brings to mind, you know, just kind of a, a, a very creative mind. But do you have a definition kind of of creativity um, in your own estimation?
1: You know, I hear people talking about that term a lot. They call it, they've they developed this noun, creatives, you know, to develop people who are, I mean, it might be cut anything from graphic artists or whatever, you know. Look, creativity Every kid, I think, to a degree has a certain amount of creativity, except maybe, you know, some engineers. And I'm not saying engineers aren't creative, but I'm talking about that that personality type where everything is A plus B plus D, C plus D equals E or whatever. You know what I mean? That everything is they see everything in black and white. But creativity, man, is just uh, imagination is what it is. You know, it's seeing in a way, it's what Bobby Kennedy said, you know, I look at things that aren't and say, why not? You know, you just you look at a blank space and you see something there. And it, that's why I think the the uh, for true storytellers, the form doesn't even matter whether it's I mean, I'm a songwriter. I can write the first movie I sold. I wrote in five days and i would never written a script in my life. And I'm not bragging about that. I'm just saying Writing and telling stories is just what I do, you know, and in the same way that somebody who sings, I'm not a great singer. I'm an average singer. I'm never going to be a great singer, you know, and I know guys who didn't even finish high school who can walk in a room in one cut and make you cry with their voice, you know, people have different talents, but, but creativity is just, uh, you know, that's a big general question, but I guess what I'm saying is it's, uh, it's a talent that if you have it, it applies to almost everything. And that's, it, it's, you're lucky when you have it. It's not a curse, it's a blessing, because if you're crea- if you're really a creative person, you will never in your life be bored ever, you know?
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. Well, um, all right, I got a couple of fun ones f- for you. Uh, if you could choose any author from any era for an all-expense-paid, dinner to your favorite spot in the world uh who would you take and where would you take them
1: i'm trying to think of the hottest writer i can think of no i'm kidding um i would take i might take uh carl young actually maybe i might take one of the greek tragedians maybe uh you know you can take or, them
0: all you can bring them all
1: you can bring them all yeah sure I thought you said I had to like choose one.
0: Well, I'm I'm breaking the rules for you.
1: Yeah, or I might. You know, the smart thing to do might not be take like, uh, you know, Euripides. The might the smart thing might be to take like Jimmy Buffett. You know. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, where would you take uh, Mr. Buffett? Uh,
1: I'd, I'd get on his seaplane and let him take me to some <laughs> low surf and go bone fishing or something like that. There I've never. Go
0: With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Do you have any uh, writer's fetishes? Do you collect any like first editions or weird pencils or old typewriters that you kind of keep around for inspiration?
1: Uh, you know, I've got some first editions. Uh, I've got a first edition of uh, The Honorable Schoolboy by John LeCarre, which is a book I've reread a lot. Um, I've got a couple of first editions of Thomas Harris, who wrote Red Dragon and Silence of the Lambs. Oh, nice. Mississippi guy like me. A lot of people don't know that, but he is. As far as fetishes, though, you know, I do a weird thing that I've been trying to somebody wants to make a billion dollars. Here's what they need to do. I have this thing where before I go to bed, when I'm almost just totally passed out, I write longhand in the bed and I can't even read my own writing. It's such a waste, you know, (laughs) but but for note taking somehow coming through your hand, when I write prose, I want to write on the computer, but when I'm just stuff's flown out of my head, I want to write it longhand. And a lot, I know Donna Tart writes longhand. A lot of people do. Peter Straub writes longhand, but Almost all the tablet apps that do that are just non-organic. You know, the ergonomics of them are just stilted. If somebody could really, really hack that to where you could write anywhere on the tablet and it translates into searchable text, that's just, that's worth a billion dollars, man. And, and nobody's really done it yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And, and uh, uh, I'm sure that somebody is patenting that as we speak. Uh, <laughs> hopefully all right well before we leave uh listeners with uh your advice on how to keep going do you want to say a couple more words about mississippi burning the final book in the trilogy uh the Natchez burning trilogy uh featuring pen cage the protagonist yeah, I just,
1: I just say um, you know it's not what you think it is don't hear that it's this massive epic about the you know, civil rights murders, et cetera, and think it's going to be dry or pedantic or or anything like that, man. It's uh, this is this trilogy is one of those things you start reading and you go, holy, shit, this is real. I like this. You know, I'm not going to waste your time, man. And the other thing is, I'd like people to go back to *Natchez Burning*, the first one, because it's really the most intense of all three. But you can start on the th- on *This Mississippi Blood* if you want to. I took enough care that. Somebody can come to it cold and understand it, but I'd, I'd suggest you go back. And the reason I tell you that is, you know, when president Obama was elected, a lot of people were talking about America being a post-racial society. And that just seems like a tragic joke. Now race is, is, and will remain one of the central problems in American life for a long time. And I think there's a lot of insight about that in this trilogy.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it is timely, um, very interesting time in history but uh congratulations on the publishing of that final piece of this epic epic trilogy uh that interweaves crime lies and secrets past and present a mesmerizing thriller listeners should seek that out and they can see you on the road we'll link to those tour dates as well and uh yeah my final question i guess is uh to your fellow scribes uh uh, can you offer some advice on just how to keep the ink flowing how to keep the cursor uh,
1: moving? I'll tell you something Grisham said that's the best advice I heard and I I'm not very good at taking that advice But it's pretty good advice and that is when it's really flowing well for him He stops it's like Don't write to the end of what you're into right now because then you're at a stopping place and the next day you get up and you are stopped, you procrastinate you whatever if you stop while it's flowing when you wake up you you know you want to go on now i'm so damn compulsive that doesn't work for me i've got to like fully exhaust myself okay but just man look every the thing about this business this art this trade is every book is different even every one of my books is different for me and certainly every writer is different so just man just uh live in whatever it is you're doing and don't once you've started forget about whether it's going to sell or what anybody's going to think or whatever just just get it out man don't even say it's got to be perfect finish it then you can go back you know perfect is the enemy of good that's my final advice
0: love that perfect is the enemy of good keep going listeners uh Greg thank you so much for stopping by the show and um sharing your writerly wisdom with us best of luck in all your endeavors we look forward to anything new that comes out from you and uh good luck with the tour
1: <laughs> thanks Kelton. i enjoyed it man. <laughs> all
0: right cheers Craig. bye-bye thanks so much for joining me for this half of a tour through the writer's process if you enjoy the writer files podcast please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review on itunes to help other writers find us For more episodes, or to just leave a comment or a question, you can drop by writerfiles.fm. And you can always chat with me on Twitter, at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week.